While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. James Blair was born in 1761 in Virginia. At the age of 17, he enlisted in the American Continental Army, and this was 1778. He started as an orderly. Now, I looked up the definition of the word, and it means someone who performs unskilled jobs. Pretty much what you'd expect for a 17-year-old in the Army, probably digging holes, cleaning up, carrying tents, that sort of thing. He must have done something right, though, because he eventually moved into the rank of ensign, which is actually a junior officer's rank. The original duty of the company's ensign was to carry the flag, but he was technically an officer. Today, he would be considered more like a second lieutenant. Promotion was fairly quick during the Revolution for those who saw a lot of action, and Blair moved from ensign to sergeant. He served as a scout and participated in a few battles that, until I wrote this, I had never heard of. Most of them were in North Carolina. The one that I had already heard of was the Battle of Kings Mountain. This is a moving through Georgia extra, Jimmy Blair. In 1780, the British took Charleston, and this was a crippling blow to the Americans. The British followed up with another victory at the Battle of Camden, and at this point, Lord Cornwallis was ready to go tearing through the Carolinas. Cornwallis sent Major Patrick Ferguson ahead to protect his flank. However, Ferguson didn't have to deal with the Continental Army. He had to contend with the local boys protecting their homes and families. Ferguson tried to scare them off by announcing he would march over the mountains, hang their leaders, and lay their country to waste with fire and sword. That sort of talk just gets everyone mad, and the Patriot forces, which were mostly comprised of local militias, gathered together to attack Ferguson and his soldiers. Blair helped assemble the militias by riding through the countryside, calling for the men to gather in a certain location. This was his, really, a Paul Revere moment, and his ride is actually commemorated in a poem by a fellow named John Trotwood Moore called The Ride of the Rebel. It describes Blair's ride and ends with, And Ferguson was routed with all his Tory clan. The rebels rushed their crested heights and took them to a man. They turned the tide of war that day, which, turning, swept the land of every British musket of every Tory band. The Battle of Kings Mountain was a surprise victory for the Americans, and it did change the course of the war in the South. It was joined and ended in just about an hour. The British had 290 killed, 163 wounded, and 668 taken prisoner. This includes Major Ferguson, who was killed. Now, compare that to 28 Americans killed and 60 wounded. The Patriots hit and then got out of there pretty fast before Cornwallis's main force could arrive, but the British instead decided to turn, clear out of Charlotte, and retreat to South Carolina. Unlike Paul Revere, Blair actually finished his ride and was even wounded in the process. The poem states, 
He swam the river with a ball in his breast, which is just about the only documentation I can get outside of the Blair family archives indicating his injury. It's not so bad. I mean, I remember reading The Ride of Paul Revere in ninth grade American history. No, I don't. I remember being pretty bored by it, but I do like this poem. So, Blair eventually moved to Franklin County, Georgia, which was a very large amount of territory in northeast Georgia at the time. He served in the House of Representatives for Franklin, and after Franklin was partitioned into a few new counties, he found himself representing Habersham County. In the first episode of this podcast, we discussed the effect different treaties with the Cherokee had on the division lines between Cherokee and United States property. One of these treaties resulted in the Blair Line. That's the first historical line you'll cross as you drive from Habersham into Banks County. The historical marker mentions a treaty negotiated and signed in 1817 that allowed an appointed commission, which I'll assume was led by James Blair, to redraw the boundary of Cherokee land. When you read this treaty, and a few that follow, you really see the end of the Cherokee way of life being spelled out. Oddly enough, this treaty, this 1817 treaty, offered an opportunity for Cherokee to accept American citizenship and receive a grant of 640 acres. The Cherokee leadership saw this as the American government trying to break the Cherokee nation, and they knew that there was already talk in Washington about relocation west of the Mississippi. When the Blair Line was drawn, the Trail of Tears was only 20 years away. James Blair died in Alabama in 1839, but he left some of his family behind in Habersham, specifically his daughter Arjun. Hey, remember that poem we talked about? There's an interesting line in it that reads, To Cleveland and to Campbell's tent, over hill and over valley he sped, and roused the patriots as he went, as Gabriel would rouse the dead. Cleveland is Benjamin Cleveland who could also be called a fairly controversial figure. Cleveland also participated in the Battle of King's Mountain, and depending on whose account of the battle you read, he may have been quite a larger-than-life and heroic figure. So James Blair gave his name to Blairsville, and the city of Cleveland in White County was named in honor of Benjamin Cleveland. Or, depending again on who you ask, it may have been named after... Benjamin Cleveland, his grandson and a hero of the War of 1812. So Cleveland and Blair crossed paths at King's Mountain, and again when Arjun Blair married the second, the War of 1812, Benjamin Cleveland. Arjun and her husband are both buried in the old Clarksville Cemetery. I wasn't able to locate her headstone, but you can find his headstone pretty easily. All right, before we finish, I just want to remind you that Moving Through Georgia is a history podcast that focuses on Northeast Georgia. If you have any questions, comments, or complaints, I'd love to hear from you at movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. I usually follow that pitch with one last bit of information, but today I'm going to follow it up with something a little different. As I said, Arjun Blair 
and Benjamin Cleveland are both buried in the old Clarksville Cemetery, along with a lot of other prominent figures in the formation of Habersham County. Tombstones fade and words erode. Time is hard on a cemetery, and some neat, clean family burial plots can become piles of stone after a long enough period of time. If you've never visited the old Clarksville Cemetery, you're missing an opportunity to directly connect with your heritage here in Habersham County. And if you do choose to visit the cemetery, please do it in daylight and look down. You'll see there are flags all over the ground. Those are the locations of unmarked graves throughout the entire cemetery. Look at the number of headstones you can read, then look at the number of headstones you can't read. And then look at all the graves that don't have headstones. Luckily, there are people who are working very hard to keep Clarksville's history from fading into obscurity. They have regular fundraising events. They're easy to find. Look for posters. Check Facebook. And if you are not a resident of Habersham County, I'll bet you have a historical cemetery somewhere in your county. You can support local history by supporting your local cemetery.